Children of God, this is the storyteller. The earth is the Lord's, and the fullness thereof, the world, and they that dwell therein. For he has founded it upon the seas, and established it upon the floods. And now he asks the question, Who shall ascend into the hills of the Lord? Who shall stand in his holy place? And then he answers it. He that has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully, he shall receive, meaning this person that has, that has clean hands, and this person that has a pure heart, and this person who has not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully, this person shall receive the blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. What is he saying here? He explains it all in verse number one. He said, the earth is mine. The fullness of the earth is mine. The world is mine. And everybody that's in the world is mine. But then he says something else. I founded the earth. But the question now that he's asking us, he's asking me and you. Who's going to stand in the holy place? Who can ascend into the hill of the Lord? He says... Are you counted among the number of those that have clean hands? Are you counted among those that have a pure heart? He said, if you are, you receive the blessings from the Lord and the righteousness from the God of your salvation. Children of God, we have a lot of stuff going on today. And I know that you have a lot of questions because the Lord said so. I'm asking you to do some things. I'm asking you to use this time that we find ourselves in to revisit some of the past podcasts that the Lord had me send out to you. Because those podcasts were for a time such as this. In order for us to go back and to reflect on what we did to get us here. This time has been coming since before the foundation of the world. This state right here that we find ourselves in has been coming inch by inch, little by little. It's been on its way. And now we find ourselves smack dab in the middle of this situation. Will there be another situation? Yes. Unless we can stay God's hand. So use this time to go back and revisit some of the podcasts. I said to you before that I am your storyteller. 
because I'm God's storyteller. He anointed me for this work. And he gave me some words early on to tell his people about what what will come about. Just recently I talked about fix the problem before the problem becomes a sin. So it's time now to stop and reflect on how we got here and then reflect on what is required of us to stay God's hand. We're God's children, called by his name. And he alone knows what it would take to get us back into fellowship with him. He alone knows what it would take to get us back into that sweet, sweet communion. As you revisit some of the past podcasts, they will give you a clearer understanding of where we are today and why we are here. So it's time, children of God, to stop and sit in God's presence. If you really look at it, God is causing us all to sit down. But not just sit down, but sit down in his presence. Sit down and and begin to have fellowship with him. Desire to have fellowship with him. Now, some people may say, well, it's not right to call on him when we're in trouble. Well, I understand that. But you had better call on him because we are in trouble. Just repent and tell him I'm sorry that I waited to get in trouble before I call on you. Because there was a podcast that I sent out about not waiting until you get in trouble to learn how to pray. We don't need to start learning to pray when we're in trouble. We need to know how to pray. But since many of us did not know how to pray, and you still have life in your body, still pray. And ask him, Lord, show me how to pray the effective prayer. Show me how to pray the prayer that will move you. And as I said before, you got to stop. God is making us stop being so busy. He's stopped. He's, 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 he's deliberately, he's intentionally making us stop and look at what we're doing. Look at all that busyness, all those unimportant things that we do, that we call important. He's making us take a second look at what we call ministry. Get in God's presence. Get to know him better than you ever did before. Because being in his presence will allow you to do that. And this time around, you can't do a hit and miss. This time around, with the pestilence, being in a town near you, with the pestilence being in your neighborhood, almost in your home, 
this time around, you can't do a little dab or do you in your secret place, in your prayer closet. You got to sit down, shake yourself, and just meditate on him. Even before you start talking, just sit down in his presence and relax in his presence. You may be saying, well, storyteller, you already told us that. Well, I'm telling you again. Stop. Number one. Sit. Number two. In his presence. And the purpose of that is so that you can renew your fellowship with him. So that you can get to know him better than you ever did. Because now is the time. It's time now for you to know him for real. Question. Why do you think that this is a season of plague and pestilence? Why do you think that this season is upon us? Why do you think? Remember how we prayed before, thanking God that no plague would come nigh dwelling? Well, it's here. We're in it. It's upon us. But this thing that came in almost like overnight, that crawled and hovered over our lives, almost like a crawling fog, this thing was designed to draw us nearer to our Father. It had a purpose. It was on purpose. It was intention. It was intentionally to draw us nearer to our Father, to really make us get to know who He is. You know, most of the time, as I talk to people, we really don't know Him. We just think that He's a God of love. And that's it. <clears throat> yes, Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. He's a God of love. He's a God of peace. That's what we think about him. So because we say those things and we look at him as a God of love, we forget that he will spank us. We forget that in our stubbornness and in our rebellion, he's going to do something. He's going to hit back. Well, loving parents didn't just let you do what you wanted to do. The Bible says, spare the the rod and you'll spoil the child. So how many of you out there had parents that did not spare the rod, that they put the rod on you? Because they loved you and refused to just let you do whatever you wanted to do. Because they know they knew that just letting you do whatever you wanted to do would stunt your growth. God is all about you growing. He's all about spiritual maturity. So did you think that he would just let us continue to do? Continues, key word. Continue to do 
what we wanted to do. Continue to do that thing that seemeth right to us, even though he said it was not right. He, he said to us, go right, and you decided, well, left is better, is better for me. I like left better. Well, did you think that he would forever do that? No. Well, you can see, I don't have to answer that for you. You can see that he got tired. I don't know if he got sick and tired, but he got tired. And he did what he said he would do. There's a penalty for sin. There's a consequence for sin. And the consequence is right upon us now. So, this thing that's upon us now, that's got us running and scared, that's got us in a quandary, is designed to force us to stop so that we can get to know who he is. Once we sit down, and once we, we began to draw nigher to him, this process will allow us to begin to trust him during this time of plague and pestilence. He will give, trust me, he will give you an understanding. Once you get to know him, once you get to know his attributes, He will give you an understanding. Prophets, God is not pleased when people ask you, well, prophet, what's going on? And you say things like, child, I don't know. God is up to something. Well, tell the people what God is up to. You know what God is up to. You're a prophet, aren't you? Tell the people. Tell the people about the fact that the earth is groaning and why it's groaning. Tell the people all about God's woes. Woes meaning his judgment. Tell the people those things. Let them know what's going on. Let them know that it's time for them to really trust him for real. They can't trust in their money because they may not be able to make any. They can't trust in the the government. The Lord said that he would heal the land if we would do certain things, and we didn't do that. So now, you got to sit still and watch God work. Get to know him. If you get to know him, you'll love him. If you get to know him, you won't be angry with what he's doing, what he's allowing. Because remember, he said, this is my earth. The earth is the Lord's. The fullness of the Lord is mine. The world is mine. And everybody that dwells there in the world is mine. He said, this is all my stuff. This is all my doing. 
So, get in his presence. We've all had experiences both with sickness and death. We saw God's hand in that. We've all had experience with plenty and lack. But this right here, this is a different time. Most of us have not experienced pestilence and plagues. That was just something that we read about or heard about. And we heard about it in other countries. But now, it's in a town near us. For some of us already, it's in our neighborhood. And for some already, it's in their homes. But right now, while you still have some time, draw near to your father. Ask him to reveal to you how to pray. Stop being so scared. Stop wondering what's going to happen next. Talk to him. Begin to fellowship with him. Learn how to fellowship with him. Learn how to have sweet communion with him. Put your focus on him. Not on the pestilence, not on the plagues. Put your focus on him. Draw nigh. Draw nigh to him. Get close to him and closer and closer. And ask him to show you how to have sweet communion. But first of all, you got to admit that you really don't know him like that. You really don't know him like you thought. So being afraid is not the answer. Getting to know him, drawing closer to him, hunkering down with him is the answer. And if the truth be told, most of you don't really know him like you thought. You only know what your parents and your grandparents told you about him. Many of you only know what the preachers and the teachers and the pastors say about him. But the Holy Spirit is saying, but you on a personal basis do not know him. You don't know him. So, question yourself today and say, is she right? Is it really true that that I really don't know him? I'm going to read you a few things from Isaiah, the 45th chapter. Here's what Isaiah says. He wrote this. I am the Lord, and there is none else. There is no God besides me. I girded thee, though thou hast not known me. And when I read this, I really should have put the emphasis where the emphasis belongs. I'm going to reread it again for you. I am the Lord, and there is none else. There is no God besides me. I girded thee, though thou hast not known me. 
that they may know from the rising of the sun and from the west that there is none besides me. I am the Lord's and there is none else. Now, take a close um, listen to verse number seven, then I'm going to drop down to verse 12. He says, here's who I am. He says, verse number seven, I form the light and create darkness. I make peace and create evil. I, the Lord, do all these things. So, who do you need to sit down with? The Lord. Who do you need to draw closer to? The Lord. Who do you need to be in fellowship with during this time? The Lord. Who do you need to hold you tight and comfort you? The Lord. He said, all roles lead right back to one person, your creator. Verse number 12. I have made the earth and created man upon it. I, even my hands have stretched out the heavens, and all their hosts have I commanded. The Lord is saying, I'm running the show. You may think that he has lost control. The government may think that God has lost control. God is saying to you, I made the earth, and I'm the one that created man upon the earth. I, even my hands, have stretched out the heavens, and all their hosts have I commanded. The earth is the Lord's. It still is. Don't be afraid. Look up, even now, and say, God, you got it. I still trust you. I trust you. I trust what you're doing because I know why you're doing it. And I'm all right with what you're doing. I'm not all right with the fact that it took this to make me draw closer to you. That's what I'm not all right with because I know that you are not all right with it. So what he's doing is he's trying to get you To personally know him. Really know him. But that requires you sitting in God's presence. Without any distractions. If you really want to know him. If you really want to know what he's up to. I'm going to read you something from verse, from Psalm 78. Verse 50. Psalm 78, and that's verse number 50. And what it says here, do you have it? It says, he made a way to his anger. He spared not their soul from death, but gave their life 
over to the pestilence. Do you think that we're looking at an angry God? What do you think? I'm going to read verse number 40. How often did they provoke him in the wilderness and grieve him in the desert? Yea, they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. He made a way to his anger. He spared not their soul from death, but gave their life over to the pestilence. How often have we provoked the Lord? So before we get mad and before we begin to walk in confusion, ask yourself, And even before you say, why, Lord? What did I do? Well, hopefully you won't ask, what did you do? But ask the question. Answer the question. How often have we provoked the Lord? Do you think you've ever provoked him? I remember when I first started the podcast and was talking about the downfall of the church. Remember how I talked about the, how I asked the question, did we have a hand in it? Did we do some things that caused people to not want the church? Remember that? If we did that, if the people saw us as hypocrites... If we were a stumbling block in any way, anyway, if we said one thing and lived another, if we feigned bravery, but we were simply just scared of cats, then that provoked God. He was provoked by that. If we mishandle our children, If we provoked our children to anger because of how we handle them. Remember I just recently talked about slamming your child up against the wall and grab, grabbing them in their collars? Remember I talked about that? I think that was on the last podcast. The one where I said, fix the problem before the problem becomes a sin. If we did any of those things, If you slap your wife or you slap your husband, if you cuss your children and said things to them long before the world even got to them to say them, you provoke God. So I just want to throw some of those things out in case some of you say, well, I thank God I haven't provoked him in any way. Well, yes, you did. Yes, you did. If you were stubborn, rebellious, wanted your own way, contrary, obstinate, nobody could tell you anything, you refused to obey those that had the rule over you, 
if that was you, you provoke the Lord. So again, how often have we provoked the Lord? How many times have we turned back from serving God? Because nobody acknowledged us after we did a thing in church. We did not get the proper, uh, what we call the proper recognition. And we decided I'm not going to that church anymore. If you were not called on to preach because you feel like I've got all the preachiness in me and nobody's going to ever hear me preach because my pastor won't let me preach. If you left the church because of that, you provoked him. How many times have we turned back from serving God, just refused to do it? How many times have we forsaken the assembly? How many times have we forgotten to allow ourselves to remember how God delivered us from dangers seen and unseen? See, when you are angry, you don't remember what God brought you out of. You don't remember how he delivered you from those things that you could not deliver yourself from. So how many times did you forget to allow your own self to remember what God did for you? How many times did he tell us to go right and we went left because it seemed right to us? Proverbs 14 and 12 says this, there's a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. How many times? How many times did we do that thing that seemed right to us? Even though you knew this scripture right here, you knew Proverbs 14, 12, that plainly said, but the end thereof of that way that seemeth right to you is the way of death. When you do that thing that seemeth right to you when God has said, don't do it. It doesn't bring about a good end. It opens the door for God to release the pestilence. It opens the door for God to say, I'm no longer winking at your stubbornness. I'm no longer winking at your rebelliousness. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the way of death doesn't matter that it looked like it's the right thing to do. If you didn't consult with the Lord, if you didn't ask the Lord, and then when you did ask him and he told you which way to go, if you did not do that because it did not make any sense to you, or if you thought that you and God just had it like that, that's not going to end well for you. We're at a time now, today, 
Well, we can't quote that scripture. It says, there shall no evil befall me. Neither shall any plague come nigh my dwelling. Why are we not able to say that? Why can't we pray that prayer? Is it because the plague has befallen you? Is it, is it because the plague is right up on you? That's what the scripture says. That no evil shall befall me, neither shall any plague come nigh my dwelling. We can't pray it, is it because we really don't know God? Is it because we forgot how to dwell in the secret place of the Most High and just hunker down under His, under his shadow? Do we even have a secret place? Did we ever establish a secret place? Was having a secret place a lifestyle for us? You answer that. It's time now for you to answer some things. The Bible says, He that dwelleth, Psalm 91, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in Him will I trust. See, who do you trust? Who are you trusting in? This right here says, he's, I know for a certainty who he is to me. He's my refuge and he's my fortress. He's my God. Can you say that now? In this time right now of plagues and pestilence, Can you say that he's my God? Are you willing to call him by his name or are you still calling him out of his name? See, you can't call him out of his name and still think you're going to have a refuge and a fortress. You, You can't do that. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. He can only be a strong tower for you. He can only be a protection for you if you know his name. I pray today that you will stop calling him out of his name. Now is the time to get his name right. (laughs) You You had better know his name for real. Because He's not playing. He's not playing. He has allowed the devil to be loosed upon you. You know, I I remember when I was growing up in the South, uh, it just seemed like everybody had a, a hound dog. And the dogs would be under the, under, under the house. And if people didn't like you, 
and you got close to the house, they would tell the dog, sick him. And cause you to run for your life while the dog was hot on your trail. Well, do you think that the Lord had said to the devil, sick him? You had a place to dwell. A safe place. You had a safe haven. We all did. Well, we could say, regardless of what comes and regardless of what goes, he's my refuge and my fortress, my God. But you call him so many things today. He can't hide you. He won't hide you calling him energy. I know I talked about that before, but I'm going to talk about it again today. He won't hide you calling him universe. He won't hide you calling him a higher power. He says, I have a name. Stop calling me out of my name if you want me to hide you. The thing is right up on you. It's in a town near you. It's in your neighborhood, almost inside of your house. If you want me to be a refuge for you, if you want me to be your fortress, you better call me by my name so that you can say, surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. If you want to be able to say that, surely, which means for real, For real, he will deliver me. I don't care how close it is upon me. That's what you need to be saying right now. I don't care. I'm so sure about who he is. I'm so sure that I'm his people. I'm so sure that I'm his son. I'm his daughter. I'm so sure that he is my God. That surely, hallelujah, Jesus. He shall deliver me from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. I don't care what you call the pestilence, but I'm trusted in him because I know him. That's why I said to you that if you don't know him personally, you better get to know him. It's going to be too late to get to know him when the thing is all over you. When the thing has invaded your house. Get to know him now. Get to know him now. Follow instructions. God has given to you the instructions. Do what he's asked you to do. Stop saying I don't have time to listen to the podcast. Stop saying I'm too busy because pretty soon you're going to have all the time you need. This thing is going to touch an every area of your life. When you're locked in and locked down, you're going to have all the time you need. But there's a good possibility that 
even though you have the time, you may be sitting in some fear. You may be over your head in despair that you still won't take the time to call his name. So I'm telling you today, call him by his name. Verse number four in Psalm 31, Psalm 91 says, And he shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shall thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and thy buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flies by day, nor for the pestilence, hey God, that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. Listen, if you don't get to know him, you won't be able to say all these things, none of these things. If you don't stop what you're doing, And stop playing around with what God has loosed upon the earth. Stop saying, I don't know what's going on. This is strange. Why are you thinking it's strange that he has allowed this thing to be loosed? How long did you think he would let us go on doing us and not doing him? He already told us. He said, this is the confidence that you will have, my people, those that name the name of Jesus. He said, this is the confidence that you will have. Get to your secret place. (laughs) Dwell in your secret place. Stop ripping and running, but dwell in that secret place. Let me cover you. He said, I will be like a mother hen to you. I will cover you with my feathers. He said, and under his wings shall thou trust. He said, you can trust that place. That's a safe place. Under me, knowing that my you you will feel the covering of my wings. You will feel my love. You will feel my big hands, just shielding you. He said, "That's your safe place. I'll cover you. I'll put you under my wings, and you can trust that." You won't have to be afraid of what's going to happen. When night cometh, because you know how we're okay in the daytime, but then when night cometh, you feel like the terror is all around you. I don't know what's going to happen at night because I can't see. I can't see to get away. But God said, thou should not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flies by day, nor for the pestilence. See, God that walketh in darkness. 
but you got to be in the secret place. You got to hunker down. This time around, you got to hunker down. The only way that we can confidently declare that he would deliver us from the snare of the fowler and from that noisome pestilence that is upon us today is to get in his presence and then ask him again to have mercy. Tell him you repent. Tell God, say, Lord, I turn away from the sin that have provoked you to anger. This wrath right here that has befallen us, this is a different kind of wrath right here. This is different from making your boss angry. This is different from making your parents angry. We have fooled around and angered a holy God. We fooled around and angered him. Now, I think we've really messed up. What do you think? Tell your own self, I messed up this time. I fooled around here and messed up. I messed with the wrong one. Let me read something to you out of Isaiah 55. And I'm going to begin with verse number 6. He says, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. That sounds like he's saying, You better get me while you can find me. While you got a chance to. You better call on me while I'm near to you. And even this time around, if you did not call on him, get in that secret place that I talked about. Go back and revisit all those podcasts because I touched on where we are today. And I'm going to give you the name of those podcasts. So you still have a little bit of time to seek him. You still have some time to call upon him. You still have some time to to get near him, to get closer to him, to draw closer to him. But this time, hold on to him. Verse number seven says, Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. So, what he's saying is, draw close to me. Get near me. You fooled around here now and made me mad. But that's because you didn't know me. He said, but seek me while I can be found. Call upon me while I'm near. If you have any wickedness in you, let the wicked forsake his way. And let the unrighteous man forsake his thoughts. 
and let him turn, return unto the Lord. He said, I will have mercy upon you, and I will abundantly pardon you. He says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So, he's saying, there's a way that seems right to you, but that's not my way. You can't do you and be all right with that. You can't do you and think I'm going to be okay with that. My thoughts are not yours. If I say go right, I mean for you to go right and not left. Your ways, though they may seem intelligent to you, though they may make good sense to you, but if they are not my ways, saith the Lord, you in trouble. I don't need you doing your, your ways. I don't need you thinking your thoughts. I have a way. Tell yourself today, God says he has a way. God is not interested in my way. He's not interested in what I think. He's only interested in his way and his thoughts. He said, I'm the one that have thoughts about you. I'm the one that have thoughts about your life. My thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, said the Lord. Doing you is what got us here today. Listen. We have fooled around and angered a holy God. The one who can say what I just just read to you in Isaiah 55. You can't do what you want to do and think God is going to wink at that. He said, I'm not winking at you doing what you want to do anymore. I'm not winking at you doing what seemeth right to you anymore. Can you say to yourself right now, the storyteller is basically saying that the jig's up. The jig's up. God sent his true teachers. He sent his true preachers to preach the word. He told them to preach it in season and out of season. He told those teachers and those preachers to reprove. And to reprove means to reprimand, means to admonish. But here's the thing. You don't want anybody to tell you anything. Nobody can admonish you. Nobody can reprimand you. You've never been this way before. So you need to listen to somebody tell you what to do to get out of this. What to do to survive this. The Lord said to Timothy to reprove means to reprimand, to admonish. But when you get reprimanded, you get admonished, you get mad and leave the church. 
Not only do you leave the church, but you don't go to any church. Even though he told you not to forsake the assembly. And you wonder why we in this thing, why this thing is right up on us, right, right at our door. So he says to Timothy, preach the word in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine for the time will come. Wow. When they will not endure sound doctrine. Well, here we are right here. But after their own lusts, shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth. Aren't we right here? Do you understand why God has allowed all these things to happen? Why he's allowed all these things to come upon us? But did you think that a holy God will allow us to continue. Did you think that? That he will allow us to continue in our stubbornness and our sin of rebellion and still expect that grace would abound? God forbid. Did you still think you could be stubborn and rebellious? And do your own thing and still expect to live in the land of plenty? God forbid. Did you still expect that no plague or pestilence will come to our country, our neighborhood, our homes? God forbid. Sin is a stench in the nostrils of God. He hates sin. It's a stench. Rebellion is a stench in the nostrils of God. Stubbornness is a stench. And sin has a penalty. So while we wait to get God's verdict about this woe that he has pronounced upon the land, I strongly advise you not to use your time binge watching TV, but get to the secret place. And dwell there in his presence. And learn all over again how to have fellowship with your father. I'm going to give you just real quickly some of the podcasts that I need you to revisit. There are about ten of them. Fellowship with God, number one. God is holding me accountable, part one and two. A form of godliness. Part 1 and 2. From the storyteller to the church today. Number 4. Number 5. Seeking God's face. Number 6. Are you Satan's little helper? Number 7. Creating me a clean heart. Number 8. Reminders. Number 10. I see you, said the Lord. And the last one, fix the problem before the problem becomes a sin. God is a God of love, but he's also a God of wrath. And just for your comfort's sake, he's also a God that will not retain his anger forever. 
because he delighteth in mercy. Learn how to make him happy again. Cause him to have mercy on you. Cause him to want to delight in having mercy upon you. God bless you, children of God. I am the storyteller.